Sam is 3-15-2 in the For the People Categories League. Why are you listening to Fantasy Baseball today? Consumer <laughs> loyalty. Thank you very much. Welcome to How the show. How does this make you feel? Because, like, Scott's winning every other league that he's a part of. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly. This is uh, once again shaping up to be far and away my worst league, though. I don't know what it is. It's not my only head-to-head categories league. I'm in first place in the other. Um, is the other one an on-base quality start league? It is a 9 by 9 league, so those are probably oh. among the 18 categories that are included. Yes, maybe not. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's the issue. It's just the lineups are too small and the focus is too narrow. Mm-hmm. And- it's Heath's fault. Set up a terrible league. Well... No, um, I set up a league with the purpose of making Scott not win, and <laughs> so far I'm two for two. Well, thank you for putting me on his team. I really appreciate that. <laughs> uh, hey, we got a lot of bullpen news. Zach Britton's on the DL. Ken Giles did not get the save uh, over the weekend. That ended up not being a save situation, but A.J. Hinch says Giles is still going to finish most of the games. Sam Dyson did not allow a ball to leave the infield, yet he still managed to blow a save on Sunday. Blake Trinan's been bad. So we'll talk about bullpens. We'll talk about ads and drops. I've got something for all baseball fans that they're going to be very interested in. First of all, happy belated Easter. Uh, it was, Easter was very fun for me. I hope you guys had a, a great holiday. I, hope, I trust it was good. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, got to spend a wonderful weekend in Orlando, so. Yeah, so Heath is the guy who takes his kid to Orlando and doesn't take him to Disney. That's uh, that's cruel. That's cruel. did not even consider going to Disney <laughs> because you know you go to Orlando and you spend a hundred dollars on tolls just to drive anywhere. And that's true. Yeah, spend another two hundred dollars to get into a basketball tournament that you've already paid for the kid to be on the team. So <laughs> okay. great weekend. All right, I can understand that then. And let's start with the closers, okay? And then other other players we're going to talk about today include Eric Thames. Cesar Hernandez, who are number one at their respective positions in fantasy. James Paxton, who, oh, this is just a cool stat. So James Paxton is the 10th pitcher since 1900 to start a season with three straight starts of at least six scoreless innings. You guys know who the last one to do it was? Mm. Six scoreless innings in three straight starts. Who did it last? Greg Maddox, I don't know. Oral Hershiser. Jordan Zimmerman last year. <laughs> and before that, it was Woody Woody Williams of the Cardinals. Oh, yeah. Woody Williams struck out Buzz Lightyear. And neither of those guys went on to have good years. Williams had a, a 106 ERA plus, so he was slightly better than league average. was like 380. Um, but we're hoping for better better than that uh, from Paxton. We'll talk about him. We'll talk about Pineda, Daniel Norris, Hector Santiago, Irvin Santana, Mitch Moreland. You know how we do it. And we'll read your emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Which closer in waiting should you be adding right now? I think Matt Bush is the very top of my list because I don't see, and I think I've said this two meltdowns in a row, but I don't see how the Rangers can go to Sam Dyson again, four of his six appearances. Have, but at least the, the end result has been awful. And Matt Bush, you know, after having that injection in his shoulder over the weekend, came back Sunday and struck out the side in his one inning. So there are a lot of options there, but there's also the clearest opening. And I do think he is the one who uh, is most likely to inherit the role. Yeah, you asked the question differently before the podcast, and it was which... Uh, potential closer would you be most excited about? And for me, that would probably be Luke Gregerson. But I would agree that if you're going to add one, it would have to be Bush right now because Sam Dyson in a vacuum sucks. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, D- Dyson again. The vacuum joke. There was a there was a bunt single. There was an infield single. There was an intentional walk. There was an unintentional walk in the ninth inning. But it's obviously it's a problem, and people think there's going to be a change. I guess the the problem with Bush is the shoulder injury and and how willing they'd be to really ride him as a regular closer. But Bush is 35 percent owned and definitely needs to be owned. Jeremy yeah. Jeffress, they've been using very differently. He's been getting, I think he's made, he's made eight appearances, maybe even more. And he's typically throwing one or two outs. He's not throwing right. full innings. Um, and then there's the clerk. I think everybody would agree Bush would be the guy there. You said Gregerson. I may have overreacted. I picked up Gre- Gregerson in our Roto League. My goal is to get a fourth closer in our 12 team Roto League. And I encourage people to, to look into this and then try to trade. A closer, because I only want three. Uh, it's not a, it's not a head-to-head categories league. It's not a daily lineups league. It's a season-long roto league. I want three closers. I want to get four. So I picked up Blake Trine. I picked up Coda Glover, because Trinan's been struggling. And I picked up Luke Gregerson, because Hinch, like I said, he said Giles is going to pitch, finish most of the games, but Giles is struggling. Um, so my goal is to have one of them turn into a closer kind of soon, and then try to make a trade and, and get help somewhere else, because people need closers, and they're kind of willing to overpay for them. Yeah, if you do that right away, though, you might be the one who needs a closer. Like if you get, you pick up a guy who is just entering the role and isn't established in it. I mean, it's it's not a bad long term view, but you know, just a word of caution there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have three closers, but I'm, I know, yeah. but you can't just assume that the new guy to the role is going to keep the job the rest of the season. I think he wants to trade the new guy might, as yeah. soon as he gets the role. Oh, that's. Well, that's not the one you're going to get the best return on. You're going to get the best return on one of the other three proven ones. Uh, that's true. You obviously have to play it by ear, and you'll see what happens. But it wouldn't be a bad idea to try to flip Gregerson to the Giles owner if there's some type of competition there. I'm just saying. That, that's a little sure. premature at this point. But it is. But it's a situation to monitor. Um, We haven't mentioned Brad Brock yet. And no. obviously, I think he's... I, like, I don't know that it, it he has a chance, really, of, of claiming the job for the long run, but right now, as the presumed Orioles closer with Zach Britton going on the DL, he basically must own in leagues where saves matter. Right, and, like, going on the DL with forearm soreness does not always mean a short DL stay. There's been a lot of injuries early in the year where we just speculated, well, it's a 10-day DL thing. When I hear forearm soreness, I don't think, oh, he'll be back next week, it's no big deal. No, they said he, that Britain might come off the DL when he's ready, and I think the, might. Mo- the most important thing right now is that as of now, as of Monday morning, they have they have not scheduled an MRI that we know of for Zach Britton. So that is good news. But yeah, it, and it's not clear that Brock would get all of the save chances, right? There's still Michael Gibbons and Darren O'Day that could be in the mix. Um, I've seen beat reporters drop Brock's name. I don't know that I've seen them drop any other name, but there are a lot of beat reporters out there, so maybe I missed a report. Okay. It, I feel like we should put together a database of all of the forearm soreness injuries in April and how those guys do for the rest of the year. Because I, I don't really want my pitcher having forearm soreness in the first two weeks of the season. Wait a second. Aren't you Mr. Wade Davis is the number one closer He's fine. in fantasy? <laughs> He's fine. He got traded. Okay. They clearly looked at his medical and he was fine. <laughs> and Four, he got pretty traded good so for far. pennies on the dollar. Forearm soreness doesn't seem to be the uh, the, the death knell that it used to be. In it's my not opinion. a death knell. In no. my opinion. Oh, it used to be like a guy got forearm soreness. You were like, oh, he's about to have Tommy John. Uh, I think maybe that's because 
guys didn't report forearm soreness until it got more serious in the past? It's possible. Uh, so we don't know about Britain and uh, Bach, Brock is the guy or Bach or Brock? Brock. Okay, sorry. He's the uh, guy to get and he's I'm sorry. Brad Bach. Bach. Okay, yeah. Brad right? Bach. Bro, it's Brock. Brad Brad Brock? No, it's Bach. <laughs> so, something doesn't sound right here. Uh it's Brad Brock. It's Brock? Okay, so there's yeah. BR. This is one of many autocorrects in the notes today. There are well, a lot the of alliteration some... sounded weird to me. Maybe I've never actually said his name before. I have never said his name until now. And I, and I just finally said it right. But Brad Brock, by the way, has tremendous numbers. I mean, last year, 205 ERA at 92 strikeouts in 79 innings. Already uh, six scoreless innings with 10 strikeouts, only one hit allowed. So very good pitcher Brilliant. here. And Brilliant Brad Brock. Brilliant Bad Bach, some would say. <laughs> uh, Edwin Diaz has been struggling. Joaquin Benoit gave up a walk-off three-run homer to Bryce Harper. Fernando Rodney's terrible. And uh, and, he, and Blake Trinan. Yeah, I mean, Blake Trinan has been mm. struggling. Yeah, I don't think Cody, Cody Glover's the one to pick up. I think it's Sean Kelly. Sean Kelly um, bailed him out of this appearance Sunday when he gave up the tie. Yeah, uh, but Glover pitched the eighth. That's why I went with right, Glover. Right, but Sean Kelly has been consistently setting him up. And I, I'm trying to remember. I read somewhere that some beat writer or something basically said Sean Kelly's the backup option for saves. Oh, I don't, really? Damn I don't remember. It was, it was like last week at some point, and I read so many things, I forget exactly how they worded it. And but we, it, it made it pretty clear to me that Kelly's the guy to own. We generally, when speculating on Washington, just say who is the oldest guy, that guy's the most likely to get the first chance, right? Why? Because of Dusty Baker? It's just the way that things have worked for since he's been there. All right, well, I will drop Coda Glover for Sean Kelly, or at least I will try to. Hopefully nobody does that before me. Um, all right, guys, anything else, or are we wrapping up closers here? We're not worried about Edwin Diaz and, or Benoit at this point. No, I mean, obviously Benoit, keep an eye on that situation because there's probably a more talented reliever in the bullpen, but I think he gets a longer leash than this, and he has pretty good track record himself. Okie dokie. So uh, any major ad drops this weekend for you guys? Um, I picked up, uh, since I'm the, the two start guy, I picked up two start Tom in, uh, two or three different leagues. Start Tom Kohler. Uh, he's got two starts, one of them at San Diego or against San Diego. So, uh, not, not big ad drops over the weekend though. All the big ad, ad drops I got. I had a very frustrating morning, Adam, because all the all the the player the big bids I thought I was going to win last night I didn't. Heath, another two start option. Actually, my favorite two start sleeper for this week, Mike Leak. Heath bid the exact same amount as me yeah! in one league, but he won in terms of having the priority. Uh, so, well, who were the guys that you really wanted, other than Leak, that you didn't get? Um. Well, I don't know how applicable they are to listeners out there because it was a lot of weekly waiver runs like Francisco Liriano hmm. in 15-team Tout War. Somebody dropped him, and I bid like a quarter of my remaining how budget on him. do you drop Liriano after one start in a 15-team league? Do you remember how bad that start was? Yeah, do you, I, but San Francisco Liriano has been around a long time. Like These are Tout Wars experts here. Who drops him in, in a 15-team league? Come on now. That's, yeah, that's pretty yeah. bad. Uh, Chris actually in the Memorial Magazine League, I thought I made a pretty big bid on 
Brad Brock. Uh, <laughs> 25 bucks, Chris Towers. Yeah, he, he bid a quarter of his budget on Brad Brock, who may only be a, you know, two-week villain. Maybe. Or he may be at rest of season. I mean, it's it was worth a fairly hefty bid, I think, in a league where saves are scarce, but he... uh he went above and beyond that. I picked up Andrew Triggs in a Roto League for a two-start week, both starts at home. He's still only 49% owned. I wrote about him in Waiver Wire. If you're in a points league and you can start him as a reliever, I, I don't understand how he's not owned in all points leagues. Mm-hmm. Okay. In that same league, Chris outbid me for Eugenio Suarez, who I don't think is probably going to be a big deal. Uh, obviously, he's off to a great start. His third home run Sunday. Um, but you know, just looking at what he did last year, guy who could hit 20 home runs, but pretty much nothing else is how I pegged him coming into the year. But he is only 25, very favorable home park. The number one third baseman so far in fantasy. Right. I am betting against him sustaining that, but at the same time, it was clear in a number of my leagues that he was the only player, um, who was even worth considering. Like, just just the fact that he was the only player out there who has performed well so far and who you could at least conceive becoming a little more than we perceived him to be. So I was putting in claims for him, and I don't think I got him anywhere. <laughs> okay, well, that's uh, that's Eugenio Suarez. Would you rather have Suarez or Mike Moustakas, who's about, 60, about 70% owned and has five home runs? Hidden well? I'd rather have Moose. Yeah, I think I would too. A lot more proven there. Would you drop the slumping Ryan Healy for Eugenio Suarez? I thought about it. I thought about it in the podcast listeners league where third base is a gaping hole for me. I almost made that exact move, which would mean Suarez would be my only third baseman going forward until I picked up another. I opted against it because A, I think Healy's better than Suarez in the long run still. And B, the Athletics have some of the best matchups of any team this week. So I'd hate for to make this move now. Healy blows up, and then I can't get him back later. I dropped Devin Travis, and I dropped him in one league. I kept him in another. Uh, I dropped him for Neil Walker in a in our points league, kind of shallow. Everybody pretty much has just one second baseman. Uh, he's just been terrible. He's he's sat each of the last two games. I guess I expect him back in the lineup. They don't really have a great replacement for Devin Travis, and I. I know he's better than this, but I'm just hoping I don't regret dropping Devin Travis. But I, I really – I don't want to take a zero, <laughs> and he's basically a zero right now. So. <laughs> I, I think I tried to solve your second-base dilemma in that league by making you a very fair trade, and you just never even responded, so I had no. to withdraw it. Different league, so no. That, that you have a second-base problem in a different league. Yeah, in, I have – in my – I have three Devin Travis leagues. I have Devin Travis as my starting second baseman in three leagues. Oh, and that was such a joke of an offer. What was that offer? Insulting I offered you offer. Ben Zobrist for Marcus Stroman. Yeah, get out of here. Ben Zobrist for Marcus Stroman. Get out of here. Not <laughs> happening. Keep starting Devin Travis. Enjoy it. I tried to add Brandon McCarthy for two starts this week. I tried to drop Jason Hamill, but, uh, I did not, I did not have a successful waiver claim there. McCarthy. I, I don't. Like no? He has two starts, too. I don't know that you lost anything there. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I, that's why I put a $0 bid in, because I didn't really care. But if McCarthy has good starts against the Diamondbacks, you're going to lose your chance to pick him up. Uh, oh, on the two-star pitchers and getting screwed on with the fab run <laughs> last night, I 
put in a bid after Mike after prioritizing Mike Leak in that league where Heath beat me out for him. I put in a slightly lesser bid for Joe Musgrove, who was my second favorite two-start sleeper. But because of the rain out yesterday, he's not a two-star pitcher anymore. <laughs> um, Charlie Morton is, who I actually even like more than Musgrove. So I guess that becomes a new two-star sleeper. But it's kind of late for me in that league to make a move so, for him. Sounds like somebody really just peed on your rug this morning. <laughs> <laughs> is that an inside joke I don't get? Um, okay. yeah, somebody did literally pee on my rug this morning, but we don't need to go anymore into that. Oh, that's right. You're having a, a bad kid. morning. I forgot about that. Bad morning. Good job. It all, started, it all started with checking to see who I won on waivers last night, and it's just gone downhill from there. Well, let's take a look at the most added players. Mike Leak is number one. Uh, these are not the most owned players on the most added list. They are the players who have had the biggest rise in ownership. Mike Leake, Eugenio Suarez, Brandon McCarthy, Jason Vargas. Uh, Vargas is a two-star pitcher, I believe. Oh, I think no? he is next week, right? Oh, next week? Okay, I'm sorry. He, he's, he's been not. strange, though. He's always just been kind of a mediocre, fine, stream him, two-star Tom sort of pitcher. But uh, he's getting a ton of whiffs with his changeup in his first two starts. Struck out more batters than innings pitched. Hmm. It's worth a speculation. All right, that's Vargas. He's 46% owned. That's more than speculation at this point. Uh, Amir Garrett is 82% owned. He is the fifth most added player in our leagues. And I'm going to have a tough decision on Amir Garrett. Two starts, but bad matchups, if I recall, unless you, I think he's the Cardinals and the Cubs. But I don't know how much I fear the Cardinals right now. Uh, so. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I wasn't making him because the matchups, they just appeared so bad to me that I didn't want him. He was pretty low in my two-star pitcher rankings. But I do but want to own Amir Garrett, Scott. Yes, he, need, he needs yeah. to be on the most added. I'm just not sure how he needs to be started. Eric Thames is now 85% owned. I'm mad at myself for not even looking to see if Thames was available in our podcast league. He was. He was added over the weekend. And, man, Thames, uh, guys, amazing start. He's the number one first baseman in, in I think, both points in Roto. He's 85% owned. Five home runs in his last four games. Two I need for- to walk back. Okay, Some well just of the things I said about Thames at the end of last week because I was pretty dismissive of him. Okay, um, since I suspected he was going to sit against left-handed pitchers. If he keeps this up, and by the way, two of his six home runs this year are against left-handers. I think in like four at bats. Five, yeah, two for five. <laughs> um, he's not going to be sitting against left-handers for long. So, how much are we buying yeah. this? Is this just a hot start? I'm obviously Eric Thames needs to be owned. How confident are you? That you're going to have can, a, a guy worth starting all year. I'm more confident in him than Suarez, I'll say that much. I, I mean, this guy was legendary in Korea. Like, cult following because of the crazy numbers he put up there. So, And he gets to play half his games at Miller Park. Yeah, forget that. There's that, too. But you're not yet at the point where we're saying, all right, I have... Carlos Santana, I just picked up Thames. I'm fine trading Santana because Thames is going to be my starting first baseman rest of the season. No. no. Right. And while I want to just flatly call Thames a sell-high candidate, like I'd swap him for Edwin Encarnacion, I'd swap him for Miguel Cabrera, who has the back issue now that might have his owner freaking out, like I'd still do, do that kind of stuff. Would you swap him for Carlos Santana? In a points league. Roto, maybe not. Yeah. All right. Um, more on the most added list after Thames. Jordan Montgomery, who is a two-star pitcher this week. Am I right? 
believe. Yes. Yes. He's got the White Sox at home and at the Pirates. So that's interesting there. Might be worth a gamble. Um, and sorry, just looking at the most added list and getting lost. Travis Darno is 73% owned. He was in Scott's sleeper hitters column. Jimmy Nelson is 42% owned. Would you rather own Jimmy Nelson or Jason Vargas or Jordan Montgomery? They're all about owned in the same amount of leagues. This week, Montgomery. Long term? Oh, Jimmy Nelson's a two-star pitcher too, mm-hmm. although also with bad matchups. Um, I'd still, I mean, I'm not, I'm not as willing to take a flyer on Vargas as Heath is because he's so old and he still throws high 80s and his career high K per nine is 6.5. So I just think, the other two have a little more upside, and I'd lean Nelson between them. Okay. And that's probably going to do it for the most added list. Avi Garcia's on there, though. We could talk about him. Garcia uh, hit a home run. He's got two on the year now. He's batting like 400 or something crazy like that. Um, he's 35-ish percent owned. No, no, it's up to 40% now. And he's batting 465 with two home runs, three walks, ten strikeouts. Anybody buying into Avi Garcia? No. Nope. No. Okay. I mean, I'm tempted to, but I feel like I should know better. Because it's mostly singles. Yeah. Well, okay, that's Avi Garcia. Let's let's leave him on waivers for now. Would you rather have Michael Conforto, who barely plays, or Avi Garcia? <laughs> uh, well, if it's for a bench spot, then Conforto. Yep. Yeah. But I'd, I'd be starting Garcia over him right now. All right, let me tell you guys about something that you definitely want to – be invested in. New show on TV. The new unofficial sponsor. But it's about baseball. Brockmeyer is so funny. I've seen only two episodes so far, but I was cracking up. This is Hank Azaria playing a baseball broadcaster who- Brockmeyer? Brockmeyer, it's called. Oh. It's- Brad Brock? Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. It's so funny. I'm pretty confident that people will enjoy Brock Meyer. And don't spoil it if you're ahead of me. Not that it's one of those types of shows, but. Where, uh, where can we see Brock Meyer? It's on IFC, but I, you can watch it online, IFC.com. Okay. Assuming you, your cable, assuming you have IFC through your cable provider. Um, very funny stuff. So I recommend it. And I was a little, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little disappointed in the series finale of Girls last night, but. You know. We could talk about that some other time. Uh, a lot of injuries. A lot of injuries. How many of these guys are we starting this week? Real quick, Trey Turner. He's eligible. I uh, forget. He's eligible tomorrow. Trey Turner, start or sit? Sit. He's eligible Wednesday. Wednesday. Um, and eligible. Like they did not speculated that he's definitely coming back as soon as he's eligible, right? It's just kind of a question mark. It is a question mark. Yeah, so, um, I mean, maybe not in a deeper league, but twelve teams are shallower. Yeah, sit. Yeah, he's by the way, he's yeah Turner in my phone, my autocorrect. Uh, Buster Posey, start or sit? Start. Start. Matt Kemp. Uh, he's coming back Tuesday. He's coming back early. I, I think it's okay to start him. Obviously, three outfielder leagues, you may not have to. Right. Start him in a five outfielder. You should be fine with Noah Syndergaard, even though he's had these weird finger injuries. Logan Forsyth, I think, is expected back today or whenever their first game is. Uh, Gerardo Parra's been on paternity leave. That's why he's been out for a while. Gregory they have Pol- a five-game week, so you probably don't want to start ah. him. Yeah, five games and one of those games against Kershaw. Gregory Polanco, he sat on Saturday and Sunday, but I think he pinch hit yesterday. Are we starting Polanco, Scott? Ooh, I hadn't seen any p- pinch hit. That might change things for me. I'd picked up Lonnie Chisenhall to start instead, so I'd I'd rather start Polanco if there's a hunch he's not going on the DL. But you know how it is with the ten day DL. Yeah. How many games does Chisenhall have this week? Six. 
Do you need what two Polanco games to feel better about starting him over Jason Hall? Well, I um, <laughs> I thought he pinch hit. I think I'm wrong, Scott. I don't think he did. Okay, no. yeah. If he didn't pinch hit, then see that that I actually wrote a piece about this at the end of last week. How I'm approaching players who have day to day injuries with the invention of the 10 day DL and how we've seen teams use it so far. If a team, if a player pinch hits. Uh, after that first or second game, he sits out. Then that resets the time. Obviously, they can't backdate it those two days. Like it's so convenient with the ten day DL. If a guy's already sat out two days, it's basically he's just missing a week, so might as well put him on the DL. But a pinch hit appearance resetting that clock, I think, is makes it safe. Since Polanco didn't pinch hit, uh, I think we should sit him. All right, look, I'm, I'm gonna. You guys just have to look at your own injuries. Uh, this stuff could be outdated by the time you hear this podcast. There's also an 11 a.m. game today, 11 a.m. Eastern. But you'll have to check on Carlos Correa. Martin Prado should be back today. Gene Segura should be back later in the week. You should sit him. Um, Rich Hill may need to go on the deal with a blister issue. So are, is anybody interested in picking up Alex Wood? Yeah, a little. Um, you know, I'd rather have like Amir Garrett or... or uh like one of those two start options we mentioned earlier, Mike Leak or whatever, but I don't think it's just going to be a 10-day stint for Rich Hill this time. They need to figure out a more permanent solution to that problem. Yeah, it's crazy. Donaldson's on the DL. Aaron's and they're talking like it could be short-term, but calf injuries, you never know. So uh, it sucks about Donaldson, but not unexpected. Aaron Sanchez is on the DL. Jay Happy... My phone says left with elbow pain. He's going to have an MRI today. That could be that could be bad. Could be nothing. We'll see. John Gray is going to be out at least a month with a broken foot. Brandon Finnegan is going to be out at least a month with a strained shoulder. Is I would love to see Robert Stevenson replace him. He came in and pitched great. He looked nasty. Um, mm. Now I only did it in three innings. Can he do it second time through the order? Who knows? But he struck out five Brewers, gave up one run. Is Stevenson going to be the guy for the Reds? Uh, probably him or Cody Reed. I maybe even piggyback the two for a couple of starts because yeah. neither one of them are probably ready to throw six innings. And it may be, it may be a while that they're without Finnegan. I mean, that kind of injury doesn't have a clear timetable, and he seemed to be impacted by it. Yeah, you would you would think. Uh, Marcus Selfies, Oakland shortstop. Marcus Selfies is on the DL with a <laughs> wrist injury. Of course, that's Marcus Simeon. And Jake Odorizzi's on the DL with hamstring tightness. And here's some cool stuff uh, about uh, eligibility. Jose Reyes actually has made three appearances at shortstop, so he needs two more to gain eligibility. Logan Forsyth, two away from third base eligibility. Ryan Healy, one appearance away from first base. Kendrick Morales, two appearances away from first base. That's nice. Um, Ryan Braun might get traded to the Dodgers, and they're going to try to do it before May 24th. That's when he becomes a 10-5 player. Ten years in the league, five with one team. Uh, he can veto any trade, so that's May 24th. And Boston outfielder Moon is Betts has not struck out in 119 plate appearances, the longest streak since Juan Pierre in 2014. Moon, Moon is, Betts. is Betts. Yeah, one of my favorites. <laughs> and you know, guys, I came very, very close to using SeatGeek yesterday. I didn't get a chance to go to the Yankees game, but I was trying, and I was looking on SeatGeek. The only place I looked for tickets, very cheap seats, and that was on my SeatGeek app. And you can get $20 off tickets on SeatGeek with our promo code FANTASY. Just download the SeatGeek app and use the promo code FANTASY. You'll get 20 bucks back on your first purchase. Baseball's here, guys. Go to a game. Go to a concert. Go to a play. You can get it all on SeatGeek, and it's all the best seats, the best prices, and fully guaranteed. 
If you have the app on your phone, you're just a few taps away from finding great bargains. And SeatGeek does the price comparison for you, grades every ticket based on value. You know you're getting the best deals, and you're saving time when you look for tickets. The best part, of course, is that our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Download that SeatGeek app. Enter the promo code FANTASY, all caps, FANTASY. That's promo code FANTASY for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All right, so who were some of the standouts for you other than Eric Thames this weekend? Well, maybe we just talk about Paxton, or yeah. have we already talked enough about him? No, talk <laughs> about Paxton. I mean, how far is he moving up in your rankings so far? Uh, no runs in three starts, and he's just dominating. Yeah, I had moved him up before this most recent start. I I don't know how much farther I can move him up the rankings, but he's he's a borderline top 20 guy. Is would you ha- rather have Paxton or Hamels? I'm staying with Hamels. Yeah, but that is a close call. Um, I feel like it's it's such it's such a frustrating thing since I didn't end up with Paxton in any league. It might be the call I was rightest about, and I don't even benefit from it. It's I, so annoying. I think Paxton McCullers is an interesting debate. Um, I feel nah. better about Paxton's. Durability, and maybe maybe that's unfair, but considering um, McCullers just had a sprained elbow last year, I've moved him ahead of the Garrett Cole, Danny Salazar, Masahiro Tanaka, still behind wow. Carlos Martinez, Carlos Carrasco, Chris Archer. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. He's, this is this is looking pretty legit for James Paxton, and uh, right now he's two and zero with four walks to twenty two strikeouts. He's faced Houston twice in Texas. It's not like he's faced no, the A's three times, you know? I mean, there's there's a lot of whiffs in those two Houston matchups. So yeah. that, like, it's not a good matchup, but it, it is a good matchup for a strikeout pitcher. He had over 20 swinging strikes, Paxton, against Texas uh, over the weekend on Saturday. <laughs> Looks great. Gosh, you say that so casually. How many were Joey Gallo? Um, <laughs> Gallo actually doubled off of him, I think. Uh, good, for, good for Gallo. G-A-L-L-O. <laughs> Speaking of players we liked coming in, I had uh, another situation going through my waiver claims yesterday. I didn't catch that um, Musgrove had been downgraded to one star, but I did have a chance to abort all the moves I put in to drop Greg Bird hey. in a 10-team league where I drafted him because... He let out some frustration last night against Adam Wainwright and the Cardinals going three for three with a, his first home run and a double and a walk. And a walk. No strikeouts, which he'd been doing in about half his plate appearances to that point. Um, yeah, let's, let's give him a longer leash. Yeah, he's still 85% owned Greg Bird, but he did have a good night. And, you know, I think the plan was to sit him today against a lefty, Greg Holland, and now it's not so clear. But if you are a Greg Bird owner and you're still a little hesitant about starting or sitting him, just take a look at the match and see how many lefties they have. And I don't know. I, so I don't, is he already back to only play against righties? No, no, but I just – he's going to be better against righties. So I'm not sure that we feel so confident after one game to throw Greg Bird back in our lineup. I would leave him on the bench. I just wouldn't drop him. Right. Yeah, Don't don't drop him. Don't drop them. Um, Yankees are amazing, by the way. Seven wins in a row. Uh, so also, Michael Pineda, Heath. You got to be feeling yeah. pretty good about Michael Pineda. Yankees are amazing. Seven wins in a row. And two good starts in a row. Both seven or more innings. 
and a combined three runs against Tampa Bay and St. Louis last week. Very beautiful two-star week for Pineda. Yeah, I I think there you have no reason to doubt him anymore. He's obviously <laughs> proven that he's figured things out. He's no longer giving up a 340 BABIP. He's getting people out when he has runners on base. Still not living up to his peripherals. Um, no, it's it's encouraging. I hope you started him for the two-start week. Who does he have this week? Pittsburgh on the road. You're, you're, you're starting him. And Pittsburgh on the road, you're starting him. Let me just say that last night, Pineda apparently – look, I, I caught uh, most of the game, but I missed the beginning because of Easter festivities – uh, he apparently did not have a good slider at, at the beginning of the game, and he threw his changeup until he got his good slider, and then he got it in, like, the third inning. And that's just not something I would have expected from Pineda to be able to be missing his best pitch for two innings and to only give up one run, then to gain his best pitch, and, you know, be able to use the changeup to sort of get along in the start, you know, move it along. And I, it's just – it's a it's progress that I wasn't expecting him to make. So mm-hmm. is Pineda still the best sell-high candidate in baseball, Scott? Um, yeah, I, I can't think of a better one. I'd still call him that. Obviously, you know, anytime we talk about this, the emphasis is on the word high, not on the word sell. If you're selling him at face value, then you're not doing it right and you're better off just hanging on to the upside. Okay. Would you sell Pineda for, I think I asked this last week, but Garrett Cole? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I still would. Julio Tehran. Yes. Yep. Mm, all right. We'll stop there. I think that's kind of the, the range. That and higher you want to aim for if you're selling Pineda. How about that crazy start from Carlos Martinez on Saturday? Five and a third. <laughs> gave up three runs, two earned, four hits. Eight walks, 11 strikeouts. Ugh, I don't even know what yeah, to say. Yeah, I'd be concerned if he had any kind of walk issues the first couple starts, but he didn't. So um, just one of those fluky things, I guess. Tell me if you think the following players are under-owned starting pitchers. Daniel Norris, 53% owned. No. That seems about right. Hector Santiago, 17% owned. Um, Maybe a little, but don't take that as an endorsement of him. It's just 17% is awfully small for a guy taking regular turns. Would you rather have Daniel Norris or Brandon McCarthy? I would rather have Norris. See, I'm pretty intrigued by Norris right now. What's weird is that he's not striking anybody out, and last year that wasn't an issue. He had 71 strikeouts and 69 and a third. But I, you know, maybe I like him because Jonah, for many reasons, but Jonah Carey had him as a breakout. I respect Jonah Carey's opinion. It wasn't necessarily a fantasy column, but it was a guy that Jonah Carey likes. We know Jonah's a big fantasy guy. He's one of our baseball writers, by the way. And uh there's pedigree there. I don't know. I feel like 53% owned Derek Norris might be missing your Daniel, Daniel Norris might be missing your chance here. No? Um I, I don't think your any of your points is invalid. I just think there are bigger priorities right now because he hasn't had a start that really knocks you over. All right. Well, he doesn't throw. I guess he doesn't throw inside enough. You know, get it? Knocks you over. Oh, I get it. Thank you. Very Thank good. You very much. Uh, who's getting intrigued by Mitch Moreland? Mitch Moreland is batting 356 with a home run and what, 17, 50 doubles at this point? What does he have? Eight doubles? He's on pace for 112. Um, I made that number up. It's probably low. <laughs> yeah, probably. I, I, 
I'm I'm not I don't know how excited I can get. Like as a corner infielder, he's fine. But he, the problem is the types of leagues where you use a quarter infielder are also probably the types of leagues where Mitch Moreland is the least valuable. Because his doubles aren't rewarded. Right. And it's worth pointing out the Red Sox have faced only one left-handed starter. Moreland did start in that game, but it was pretty early in the season when everybody was sick. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's a good chance they'd go with, like, Brock Holt or something there, I guess, in the future. Okay. And... I'm going to give you some more hitters. You tell me if you think they're under-owned. Cesar Hernandez, 57% owned. Brandon Phillips, 35% owned. I wrote about Cesar Hernandez twice in the first two weeks on the waiver wire just because he was like 30% owned last week. I 60% sounds like I, – I think right now as hot as he is, it could be a little bit higher, but I don't know for the season he's going to be a whole lot higher than 60 to 65%. You've got to start running more than he is. To be, yeah. it's it's not power that's going to sustain him. Um, would you drop Brad, Would you drop Devin Travis or Brandon Phillips for Phillips? Yeah, in a road. No, yeah. no, I probably wouldn't. I drop him for Cesar. But Phillips does have four steals, and that is something obviously we've seen him do in the in the recent past. Just two years ago, he had right around twenty five steals, right? Yeah, I think he had um, fourteen or fifteen last year. So if if he's going to be that aggressive on the base paths with this Braves team. He's I would say he's under owned at thirty five percent. Okay. Even if Phillips is more worth I mean, even if Travis is more worth owning. Brandon Phillips, who's kinda like Yadier Molina where he just seems to be better in fantasy than people would expect. He's somewhat ageless. I will say that watching the Cardinals this weekend, they they look terrible right now. They're playing terrible. Yadier Molina that had to be one of the worst weekends. I know he homered yesterday, but defensively he was awful. They never rest him. He looks old and tired. He played in the World Baseball Classic. That is a guy that I'm a little concerned about right now. It's it's the second week of the season. He already looks worn down. He made some really bad plays you wouldn't expect from Molina. How about Trey Mancini? Anybody interested in him? He has four homers in his last three games. I've got him on my AL-only roster. I'm pretty excited about that. But I can't be motivated to add him in any type of mixed league unless it's really deep. Not yet, but I do think there's – I mean – Two of his last three starts, he's homered twice. So Hyunsu uh, Kim in left field is not anything the Orioles need to be committed to. So there's there's a chance that he could um, get more playing time going forward. Sure. Like, would you drop a guy like Guriel for Trey Mancini? No, no. What's Mancini's ownership right now? Do you have it? Don't let's guess. I'll, I'll look it up. But like, let's let's guess. I'm going to say it's got to be like 10 percent or something ridiculous. So, My guess is 12 percent. So I I mean if 19. he's more deeper. 19. 19. Mm-hmm. He's more of a deeper league guy right now, and like you don't have to go as high as the Guriels to make a spot for him in those formats. Okay. Yeah. I just Guriels, you know, been pretty awful. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Those Obviously, if Buck Showalter announces today, Trey Mancini's my starting left fielder, that changes things. But here's the thing, like, you might have to, like, this is your chance to get him before that happens, it, yeah, speculating. And I just, like, how, like, how long, like, it would have to happen pretty soon, or else you're, you're just not going to be able to commit to him long, a roster spot to him long term. Well, if you're committed to a guy like Ulieski Guriel, or Josh Bell, two guys that I have on one of my Roto teams. Mm-hmm. Neither of them is doing anything. Neither of them is worth right. starting. Both of them 
I but, see long-term potential in. I mean, Josh Bell goes, either of them could go four for five with a double and a homer tonight, and you're like, man, why did I pick up Mancini, who's not even going to play? So uh, I just not after I, one I game. Think, I, I don't think you need to be that ahead of the news. All right. Well, look, it's a name to know. Trey Mancini is a name to know. You based sure. out, you out there, based on your league depth, decide how aggressive you want to be on a potential start. You know, potential uh, sort of everyday player for the Orioles. Potential. We have no idea. Probably. Yeah. All right. Let's go to pitchers. <laughs> <laughs> We're done with this guy. You try to qualify things so many times, you end up talking in circles. So yeah. Um, good pitchers over the weekend. Studs being studs. Dallas Keuchel's off to a great start. .86 ERA in three starts. Felix Hernandez has not walked a batter. No walks, 15 strikeouts, and 18 and a third. Last year, he had a career-high 3.8 walks per nine. Um, Jacob deGrom had 13 strikeouts on Saturday at Miami. That was great. And Matt Harvey continues to gain velocity, continues to be just very solid. He's 2-0 with a 245 ERA, goes about six innings every time out, and 15 strikeouts and 18 and a third. Uh, Keiko, Felix, DeGrom, Harvey, did I say anyone there that, uh, is changing, changing things for you in fantasy? I don't know, know that, um, and obviously I've been the high one on Harvey, so, you know, it probably goes without saying I'm encouraged by him. I don't know that Felix Hernandez isn't among the top two or three players on my sell high list. I, I just don't trust him. I mean, it's, it's, it's not just theoretical anymore. He is, changed the way he pitches uh, to co- try and compensate for the reduced velocity. He's throwing his four-seamer a lot more because it's the pitch he can command the best. And that's worked for him so far. I just wonder if that scouting report gets down, gets out. Um, I would imagine his fastball is more hittable than a lot of his off-speed pitches, too. So the fact that he doesn't have a great strikeout rate so far, I'm just... Uh, I'm worried about the sustainability of this start for Hernandez. He's become a thinking man, thinking man's pitcher. Hmm. Uh, would you trade Felix for Danny Salazar? I would. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's the ultimate test. <laughs> Why don't you rank those four pitchers? I'm going to guess it's DeGrom, Keiko, Harvey Felix or Felix Harvey? Uh, I had it, th- I have it the way you have it. DeGrom, Keiko, Harvey Felix. I have it DeGrom, Felix, Keichel, Harvey. Felix Hernandez over Dallas Keichel? I do. Wow. They're both kind of similar now. Neither one of them strikes anybody out. They are not similar. This is, you know, neither here nor there. I just think it's crazy. Eight hits Keichel has allowed this season in three starts. I didn't even realize that. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. I'm I'm very unsustainable Heath. You don't have to point it out. I won't I won't I will not mention Anything about the fact that a 113 BABIP is not sustainable. And neither is a .86 ERA. Like, we know that it's gonna get worse, <laughs> but I still think you should be very encouraged by Dallas Keuchel. Well, okay, here, but that, okay. This is my only problem with that. Dallas Keuchel has struck out 6.4 batters per nine and has a 3.6 FIP. Mm-hmm. Okay, that sounds a whole lot like what Felix Hernandez has done, but Felix Hernandez is the ultimate sell high. Except Keuchel has a history of succeeding with this kind of stuff and and the way he's using it. And Felix I, is is brand this is brand new. This is un uncharted ex- waters. Excuse me, Felix actually has struck out 7.4 batters per nine and has a 3.58 FIP. So I just feel like they I've got them ranked very similarly. I know I'm higher on Felix and lower on Keuchel, but 
I don't know that we can be so excited by Keuchel's start and say Felix's isn't real. No, uh, I, I, you know, arguing about Felix is one thing. I just want to be excited about Keuchel. That's okay. More then get excited about Felix. Get excited. I'm not that excited about Felix. If Felix got <laughs> as many ground balls as Dallas Keuchel, you know, it'd be another thing. I want to see the ground ball yeah. percentage to see if that's yeah. back up. But I'll yeah. look that up. Um, his ground ball percentage is not back up. He's at 45%. What was it last year? 50. Okay. All right. Uh, well, that's interesting. Studs being studs, a little bit more. Part two. These guys are owned in more than 80% of leagues. They're pitching pitched pretty well over the weekend. Aaron Nola only went five innings, but one run, no walk, six strikeouts. I guess uh, good stuff in his last two starts. Jared Eikhoff's having a solid start to the year. Yeah. Taiwan Walker, um, no quality starts, but yeah, I don't know. He wasn't that good, but he wasn't bad. He, he hasn't been terrible yet, Taiwan Walker. That's good news. Gio Gonzalez off to a really nice start, 133 ERA. Uh, Ian Kennedy struck out 10 Angels in eight scoreless innings. He dominated on Sunday. And Irvin Santana, dude, Irvin Santana's 3-0 with a .41 ERA. Uh, five walks, 15 strikeouts in 22 innings, but he threw a complete game shutout. Well, uh, against the White Sox. You you were impressed by those eight hits and three starts for Keuchel. It's five hits and three starts for Irvin Santana. Yeah, he has faced the Royals and the White Sox twice now, so three easy opponents. Yeah. But uh, still, very good. I mean, if you could trade him, like if if you could, if he had any value in the trade market in your league, I'd call him a sell high too. But considering he was. Widely undrafted and still isn't universally owned. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm just happy to have him right now, basically, because I know I couldn't really get that much for him in a trade. That's Irvin uh, Santana. Go ahead. On you mentioned Taiwan Walker in this section, and I read something this morning that kind of affects Walker, will affect Corbin. You know, they've talked about the humidor mm-hmm. and using that in Chase Field, and I guess they're constructing it or whatever, and expect to do it within the next month. And there is a piece on Hardball Times this morning talking about the study they did before they instituted the the humidor at Coors and the effect that it had. And it was basically one less, almost one less home run per game. And that the percentage impact at Chase Field could actually be larger because the relative humidity in Arizona is so much lower that putting these balls in a humidor could actually have a bigger effect. Not necessarily... More than a home run less per game, but percentage wise. So that, that could be big for Robbie Ray. It could be big for Taiwan Walker. Chase Field may not be that much of a hitter's park anymore. I mean, well, should we be selling Paul Goldschmidt now? <laughs> I don't know about, I would think it would probably Jake affect Lamb? somebody like Jake Lamb or Yasmani Tomas more than it would Goldschmidt. Yeah. Wow. That's very interesting. Would you rather have Irvin Santana or Taiwan Walker? Taiwan Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this was an encouraging start for Walker, considering he wasn't even healthy coming in. Would you rather have Irvin Santana or Gio Gonzalez? Gio. I'd rather have Irvin, but, you know. I, We're just, their their Gio, upside's probably similar. Gio's just waiting for you to buy back in before no. he blows up. No, not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, he got only three strikeouts. He, he did manage to exceed seven innings, but he had only three strikeouts. So what's what kind of trade-off is that? Uh, studs being duds over the weekend. Cole Hamels struggled. He gave up three earned runs, two walks, two strikeouts, and five innings. Corey Kluber and Justin Verlander had bad starts against each other. Kluber gave up six runs. Verlander gave up nine runs on 11 hits in four innings. He was terrible. Jose Quintana 
mostly in the first inning, but he got ripped up by the Twins, gave up five runs all in the first inning, and then he then he was okay after that. But uh, yeah, he's off to a bad start, Jose Quintana. Rick Porcello changed that C to a to an S in Porcello. Zach Greinke. Late, too late now. Don't sell him now. <laughs> Zach Greinke struggled at the Dodgers. Uh, he gave up ten hits. Eight of them were singles for what it's worth. And Jake Arrieta had just yeah a meh start against the Pirates with a very stiff wind blowing out. So a generous win for the hitters in that game. Uh, anybody here really worrying you? Kluber, Verlander, Hamels, Quintana, Porcello, Greinke, Arrieta. There are two. One is Grinky, who we've talked about before, just not having the same stuff and not really understanding what went wrong from last year. But yes, the other one, as much stock as I have in him, is Rick Porcello for me, um, for all the obvious reasons. I mean, this start independently wouldn't make, mean that much to me if he hadn't allowed 11 hits in his last start. Um, I think it's fair to say he's going to be better than this in the long run, but if uh it's not a good it's not a good sign for his overall appeal if he's already looking this hittable considering there were some hittability concerns coming in i'm a little concerned about jose quintana that's two out of three pretty terrible starts for him and he's made two starts against the twins they've been um, very good the twins for what it's worth and it, and it's just that it's not even so much that i think he's going to be bad it's just he's he was a really good pitcher because he was so reliable, but not because he did anything really spectacular. So I do feel like just one little thing goes wrong and Quintana could be bad. All right, let's go back to Porcello real quick. Paxton or Porcello? Paxton. Paxton. Porcello or Stroman? Stroman. I'll stick with Porcello there. Stroman has his own hitability concerns. I would definitely take Dallas Keuchel over Rick Porcello. Would you? Yep. Yeah. You would. I would too. Okay. Um, and I think Hamels is a little concerning. He hasn't had a great start yet. You know, he had, he walked four, I think, in his previous outing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've lowered him a little from where I had him to start the season, but mostly it's because guys have pitched their way ahead of him. Um, I have this I, uh, standing offer. Sorry, Heath, in in the in the auction league. It's probably somebody forgot he made the offer, so I wouldn't accept it without you know asking. Are you still okay with this? But he offered me Danny Duffy for Cole Hamels, and like I kind of feel like Duffy's a better pitcher now. But it's hard to get away from seven straight seasons with two hundred or more innings and one hundred ninety four or more strikeouts for Cole Hamels. You know, and there have been. How how long have we been podcasting together, Adam? Seven years. Seven years, years like seven that? or eight years, yeah. And how many? How often? So basically, the whole span yeah. of Hamill's time doing this, right? We've had this conversation about mm-hmm. Hamill's a lot during that time, and he's always managed to get it together, right? So, yeah. Um, are you any? Are you concerned at all about the following players who are almost universally owned? Lance McCullers got roughed up at Oakland. Kenta Maeda, bad start, 707 ERA. Hasn't thrown more than 83 pitches in any start yet. And Matt Moore, who's, you know, he has actually, last start was actually great, but a little up and yeah. down. That's, he's Matt Moore. He's, yeah. he's, uh, he's got a little, got a little bit of Michael Pineda in him, I guess. Um, 
Uh, so what are we answering? Like, Kenta Maeda, I guess, is concerning to me because he hasn't had a good start yet. Mm-hmm. And he's not throwing his slider as much this year, uh, which is was probably the source of a lot of his strikeouts. It's usually a swing and miss pitch, as, especially for somebody who leans on it as heavily as he does. So I don't know what's up with that. You know, my my innings concerns coming in, uh, obviously he struggled, so it's not surprising he hasn't gone six yet, but it is worth pointing out. Um, we need to see a good start from him before the end of April, or there's going to be some real panic for his owners, I think. Okay, Maeda struggling there. Look, you know how this show works. I always put too many guys in the notes, we don't get to anyone. So <laughs> take a quick glance through the notes and tell me if there's a a, a take, a buy low, a sell high, a must add, a must drop. I think it's crazy that Tyler Glass now is 61% owned. That's way too mm-hmm. high in my opinion. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if we've given people enough time to react to that second, ter- second bad start. It was so encouraging after the first start. Um, I think Kendall Graveman is somebody that I'm really going to be watching in the next start. He was okay, but no Looks strikeouts like against the Astros. Yeah, that's, that was, that was a little weird. I mean, if he's going to take this step forward, it's going to be by missing more bats than he used to. Um, uh, Sean Mania walked five in a no-hit effort otherwise, lasted five innings, but he's been striking out so many hitters. I don't know, that seems kind of fluky from a pitcher who had no control issues as a rookie last year. Alex Cobb struck out nobody in his five innings, but he apparently didn't have his split change working, and that's his best pitch. Shoemaker finally had a good start, so I did drop him in a 10-team league, but I might hold on to him. In any leagues where I hadn't dropped him yet, might give him a little more of a chance. Are we going to react to James Shields having a third straight start with only one run given up? I don't know how to react to it, <laughs> other than I guess he's relevant again. I mean, he's not somebody I'm adding in mixed leagues, but you know, he has ten, which, ten walks issued by Shields in sixteen and two thirds. Like, there's no way. Oh, I'm really? Touching. The walks have been that high? Effectively wild. There's no yeah. way I'm touching James Shields. Okay, fair I'll, enough. I'll double fair check enough. on that. I didn't that. notice the walk stat. But he he did walk three in his last start, uh, and he's given up three home runs in sixteen and a third too. So, uh, yeah, he's thirty five percent owned. Antonio Senzatella is forty percent owned. Any interest in him? Mm. I I think you have to have some interest in him. Tyler I don't have to. Too. No, he's a Rocky pitcher. Rocky's pitcher who doesn't miss bats. That's that's going to come crashing down. I think yeah. he, he's a twenty two year old with very good control who's had three good starts to start the year. I, I'm not. I don't want to underreact to him. Okay. You don't yeah. have to. I'd rather own Tyler Skaggs. Tyler Skaggs had nine had strikeouts stuff. and seven shutout innings at Kansas City last night, and I, it wasn't just a high strikeout total. I think he had like 17 swings and misses. Uh, he was legitimately baffling them, and we've seen flashes from him in the past. So, some guys uh, who are who are widely available include Willie Peralta, Matt Boyd, Nathan Carnes, Alec Asher, Dylan Covey. Wade Miley and Martin Perez. Yuck. I would be most interested in Boyd on that list. That's not such a yuck list, okay? Like, if you want to talk about, like, 12-team mixed leagues, maybe a little bit. But Peralta's not bad. Matt Boyd, yeah, I think there's potential there. He's 25% owned. And, and Carnes, like, Carnes could have a could have a solid year. I, I'd put Peralta second. And I think Peralta and Boyd are 
just illustrate the two different needs. If you're looking for a pitcher that could have some upside to turn into it, somebody you actually want to start every week, I would rather have Void. If you're looking for in a deeper league, just a steady Eddie at the back of your bench, Peralta could be that guy. Okay. Um, yeah, Peralta might get too much attention right now just because he's three and zero. But I mean, obviously he needs a better walk to strikeout ratio than he had in this last start. But there's been a lot of good signs dating back to the All Star break last year. I think. Of all the pitchers on this list, Carnes included, Wade Miley included, Martin Perez included, of all of them, Boyd and Peralta are the only two who I give any chance of being relevant in standard mixed leagues uh, over the full season. Okay, so you want to know who my favorite sell-high candidate is right now? I'm I, This is why I'm hoping either Gregerson or Glover, which I guess was not a smart move, um, ends up getting a closer's job. I really want to sell Neftali Feliz. He's been really good, and one he's I don't throwing sh- really hard, right? He's throwing like one oh two or something. He's not going to get saves. They're going to be terrible. It's only a matter of time. I, I think they were five and five last year too. The Brewers. Their pitching isn't as bad. They suck. They are going to be so. They are going to be bad. Their I, hitting's really good. I don't see it. I think they're going to be bad. I'm I'm going to take the opposite stance. I think the Brewers might challenge the Pirates and Cardinals. For, you know, no. second, third place, and not second. What place. if they're Maybe trading Ryan place. Braun in the next month? If they trade Ryan Braun in the next month? <laughs> That's what they're talking about doing. It would be tough to do that. I don't but think just the team as it's constructed good. right now, it doesn't look like one of the worst teams in baseball to me. I, I don't like really buy their pitching. Them. Okay. I guess if Junior Guerra comes back, it could be better, but. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like Peralta, Zach Davies, Jimmy Nelson doesn't do it. All right, well, that's that. I'm trying to trade Neftali Feliz because he's got four saves and four chances and a 193 ERA. And yeah, I don't know. It's, Maybe they can trade Braun for Urias, then bring Brinson up to play for Braun. Then they'd be even better. They're not going to trade Braun <laughs> for Urias. Stop, stop with the fantasy <laughs> games, Heath. All right, let's read some emails to finish the show. This is from Kerry in South Korea. Dear Fruity, Multigrain, and Frosted. Sound like different Cheerios, right? Mini wheats? I don't know. Cheerios? Yeah, Cheerios. Cheerios. There are fruity they're, they're Cheerios. All, they all exist in Cheerio form. I can really at least assure That's you factual. that. Much. All right. Six by six league. Uh, which of the following are buy low candidates? We'll go one by one. Say yes or no. Jose Quintana. Yes. Yeah. Masahiro Tanaka. Yes. Sure. Felix Hernandez. Just the opposite. You can't buy him low. No, not low. Edwin Encarnacion. Yes. Yes. Robinson Cano. Yes. Yeah. Jay Happ. No. Nope. Not gonna do it till this injury checks out. No. Yeah. At least he was having a good start. And he was. I think the Blue Jays, by the way, are the lowest scoring team in baseball. So, like Eduardo Rodriguez, I believe, faces them tonight. I, I am starting him. Uh, Sam from Chicagoland. Dear Man at Arms, Stratos, and Zodak. <laughs> Zodak? That's, um, is that He-Man? It feels He-Man-y, but I don't know. Oh, it is He-Man. Good at you. Good for you. <laughs> Masters of the Universe. Heath was a kid once. CJ Crone, Tommy Joseph, and Devin Travis are all riding the pine in fantasy and in life. Avi Garcia and Chase Headley are on the waiver wire, and I need help. Are any of these guys going to get playing time? Who would you drop? Would you drop Crone, Tommy Joseph, or Devin Travis for Avi Garcia or Chase Headley? Um... I'd, drop I'd rank the three he owns the top of these five rest of season. Yep. But just like 
like I don't have enough of an attachment to Crone that if I wanted to take a flyer on Garcia as a hot hands guy, I mean he's still mid twenties. It's possible there's some upside. I could see doing that. Greg in Massachusetts says, "Hey, Tony, Sam, and Crackle." Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and actually, his question is going to require a lot of time. So let's do a couple. That's a, a rankings question we can try to talk about tomorrow. Let's do okay. a cu- couple of start sits here. Ryan B. Hey, I like it when you read the, the name of the person that emailed us and their intro and then just skip their email. <laughs> I'm sure that person that's listening really enjoys it as well. Well, I said well, we can talk about it tomorrow because uh, – <laughs> um, it's a tease. A really strong tease for that one person. I think Tony, <laughs> Sam, and Crackle are serial characters. Oh, yeah. We could have answered this question by Tiger. now, by the way. No. Um, <laughs> Pineda against Pittsburgh or Granky at San Diego? This is from Ryan B. Oh, really? Yes. You say that easily. It's easy. If Granky was facing anybody but San Diego, I might go the other way. But I'll, I'll agree Granky. Great the trade from Mike. Give up. Ten team head to head points lead, by the way. Give up Bregman and Tyone. Bregman and Tyone get Trey Turner. A minus. Sure. A minus works for me. Alright, that's it for the show today. Thank you all for listening. We'll come back tomorrow, talk a little rankings review. I guess I have already decided that. Thanks to Greg in Massachusetts for that question and that inspiration. See you later. Yeah.